Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Love you guys. Hello to everyone at Philly Tab. Come on, let's put our hands together. Pastor Tim and Esther are there. Omar is there. And what a joy for us to be serving God together as one church in two cities. God continues to build this beautiful, wonderful bridge between these two cities. We are one in Christ Jesus. How many would say amen? Come on, praise him in Philly. Let's praise him in Chicago. And can I tell you, I am so excited about today uh, not only because Bailey is here and that we're so overjoyed to be able to introduce her to you as part of our family, but also Pastor Josh and Susie are here. And, you know, over a year ago now, they picked up, we felt from God to ask them. They prayed, sold their house. They moved to the city of Philadelphia and they're committed, so committed. They so love the city. They so love the people there. And they're doing an amazing job. I wish you could have seen the Philadelphia team being led by them, but the whole entire team. I wish you could have felt the presence of God on that group of people in Philadelphia. You know, the Bible says little is much when God is in it. The Bible says, despise not the day of small beginnings. Can I tell you, God is doing something great in Philadelphia. Come on. Could we praise him? Hallelujah. And listen, I am so proud in the Lord of Josh and Susie. And what, the, what I'm about to say is not because they're my kids, so to speak. It's because Susie's a woman of God and because Josh is a real man of God. And he loves the Lord. He honors the Lord. You know, he, he's, uh, he, he, he really lives out a life of surrender and service. And he serves wherever he goes. He came to this church. And what attracted him just to our whole family was that he was such a servant of God. I have great admiration for him. And it's a great joy and peace for me as a dad that he is um, Susie's, not only Susie's husband, but that he's the dad to two of my grandsons. Um, he's actually been on a tour. He not only preached all week at KWI a few weeks ago in different places of work, and he just preached at Brooklyn Tabernacle, a prayer meeting this past Tuesday. Susie's gonna stand, but could we give a warm uh, welcome home to Josh? Come on. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Man, it's good to see you guys. It is so good to see you guys. It is uh, good to be back in Chicago. When we found out that we were going to come back here, uh, we told our boys, and uh, you know, my, I think it was my oldest son, Wesley, he goes, Dad, you know what we need to do? I said, what's that? And I thought he said, you know, we, 
we should we should walk by our, our, our drive by our old house or we should we should go see this person or we should go visit this or we should go visit this and, and no none of those things he said you know what we really need to do dad we need to have some Chicago pizza <laughs> I said yes <laughs> raise up a child in the way he should go and when he moves to a different city he won't depart from it so the first thing we did after we landed is we got Luminati's pizza. Come on. Uh, but in all seriousness, it's so good to, to be here. Hello, everyone in Philadelphia and online. Those in Philadelphia, we love you. We miss you. And we can't wait to get back to you. Um, as Pastor said, God is doing some pretty amazing things in the lives of the people in Philadelphia. And God is um, doing such a deep work in people's lives and in people's hearts. And I am so proud in the Lord of how they are going after God in new ways. And I wanna thank everyone here in Chicago for your prayers. I wanna thank you for praying every Tuesday night. I wanna thank you for praying at intercession. I wanna thank you for praying uh, in your homes. I was talking with someone in the office just a few minutes before service and they were saying how at, uh, they had a prayer time at, at their house and they thought of us and they began to pray for us as a family and, the, and, and your brothers and sisters, everyone in Philadelphia, they were praying for you. They were praying for you in their home. And it is so wonderful to lock arms in faith. And one, uh, one church in two cities is not just a, a, a catchy slogan. It is actually such a privilege to lock arms in faith and to do work together in the kingdom of God. Amen. And I, you know, there's a, 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 someone I was talking to recently, someone in Philadelphia, that they were telling me about what God was doing in their lives. And they were telling me how God was calling them to go deeper in the relationship with him. They're saying, I felt like God is calling me to do this and to do this and to do this, but it's hard because there's this thing in my life that I am having a hard time giving up. And I was talking with them and, and they, they told me in this conversation, they, uh, they said, I realize that in order for me to experience the fullness of what God has, I have to be okay giving this up. I have to be able to depend more on God and more on what God has for me. And it's such a beautiful thing to see when someone lives completely abandoned and trust, abandoned to and trusting God. You know, God doesn't want just part of us. God just doesn't want 70% of us or 80% of us or 99.9% .9 of us. God wants all of us. God wants all of us. He wants us to say, God, I trust you. He wants to say, worthy you are, worthy you were, worthy forever you will be. For all time, everything, everything that I am, I, I could to you. And today, something that as I've been praying for you, I wanna let you know that even though we're in Philadelphia, those of you here in Chicago, we still pray for you. We pray for you in, in our prayer meeting in Philadelphia. And as we've been praying, one of the things I've been praying is that God would give us as a church, both here in Chicago and Philadelphia online, a new dependence on him. Yeah. <clears throat> a new trust in him, a new hope in what he has for us in the days to come. And not just a little bit that we give to him, he wants us to give all of us to him. Yeah. 
So today, today the title of the message is going all in with God. God wants us to go all in with him. Dads, if you wanna know how to lead your family in this new season, go all in. Ladies, if you wanna know how to deal with the emotions that you've been, that's been rattling around inside, go all in with him. Students, if you wanna know what's next, what to study, what to do after school, you need to go all in with him. Married couple, if you wanna know how to navigate these new situations and challenges that are cropping up in your marriage, you need to go all in with him. Today is a day of surrender. Today is a day of new surrender. Today is a day of new dependence. Today is a day of us saying, God, I'm not gonna give you just part of me. I'm not gonna give you just a little bit of me. I'm not gonna give you most of me. I'm gonna give you all of me. Anyone ready, ready to give all of themselves to God? And let me tell you, there is a blessing that comes from giving yourself completely and totally and without holding anything back to God. And I know I can speak for Pastor and Chrissy and all the other pastors. I am jealous for you to experience the blessing of God in your life by going all in with him. So today, we're gonna jump right into the text. We're gonna look at a, a passage. We're gonna look at a Psalm from a man that knew a couple things about going all in with God. I love David because he is a very real guy. He, uh, in the Bible, we see his ups. We see his, his, conqueror, his conquering giants. We see him slaying lions. We see him soon doing all these amazing things, but we also see his lows. We see his mistakes. We see the issues in his life. And we see that despite all of that, he has a heart that is so focused and so dependent and so reliant on God that it, he allows God to be his anchor and to guide him through everything that he's going through. And so the passage we're gonna to read today is actually most commentators believe that he wrote when he was running from his son Absalom. Many of you know that Absalom, when he, at a certain stage, he tried to kick his dad out of the kingship. And David ran away, and you can read it in the book of, of 2 Samuel. But what happens is that David, despite, even though he was dealing with the tough times of running from his son, even though he was dealing with the uncertainty and the questions and the what if I could have done this differently or what if, what if I had handled this differently or how, how do I handle this? What's, what is going on next? He says, God, I'm all in with you. So we're gonna read Psalm 25 today, just a few verses, just five verses. And before I forget to say it later, your homework today is to go, uh, yes, I'm giving you homework. I want you to go and read the rest of Psalm 25. It is a beautiful, beautiful Psalm. Psalm 25, verse one says, in you, Lord my God, I put my trust. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame 
nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame, but shame will come on those who are treacherous without cause. Show me your ways, Lord, teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Praise God for the word of God. You know, in this passage, there are two words that we see a couple times, and before we dive into it, I wanna encourage you, this is a sidebar. As you grow in your walk with the Lord, as you grow in, in reading the Bible, God doesn't want us just to read it just to check a box. As you grow in your walk with the Lord, you should read something, and if you see something repeating or you see a main phrase, I wanna encourage you, really understand what that main, that phrase is or those key words are, because what happens is if you really study, study those, then the word of God comes alive in a new way, and there is no end to the word of God. You can never reach the bottom. You can always keep digging. And so there's a couple words. We're gonna do that real quickly here. There's a couple words that we see two times, and that's the word trust, and that's the word hope. And so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna define those words and then we're gonna look at that passage again. And so this passage comes to life in a new way. And that word trust means complete belief and reliance. It means lifting the essence of who I am. It means there's nothing else that I'm holding on to. It means that there's nothing that I'm going to hold back. It means I'm throwing my lot in with you as one translation says. One translation says, I lift my soul to you, the very essence of who I am, I am giving to you. Hope means to desire and have full expectation for something to happen. Now, when we think of hope, <clears throat> we think of, I hope the weather's nice tomorrow for the holiday so we can enjoy the weather. I hope that I get something for my birthday or I, I hope that the Bears win more than three games this year. <laughs> too soon? Sorry, too soon. No, hope is, God, if you don't do this, nothing else, it's not gonna happen. And maybe that is the case with the Bears. No, I'm sorry, okay, okay. Get back to it, Josh. No, this hope is saying, God, if you don't do it, it's not gonna happen. And I'm so expectant, I'm eagerly waiting and I'm looking ahead and saying, God, I cannot wait for this to happen. I can't wait for you to bring my child back. I can't wait for you to do that miracle in my finances. I can't wait for you to restore my marriage. Trust and hope. So what I wanna do is I'm gonna have them put that verse back up. And as we've studied those two words, this passage is gonna come alive in a new way as we look at what those words actually mean. It says, in you, Lord, my God, I put my complete belief and reliance. I'm all in relying on you. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one who desires you will ever be put to shame, but shame will come on those who are treacherous without cause. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God, my Savior, and my full expectation is in you all day long. Come on, let's praise God. 
<clears throat> and what David is writing is that when we are all in with God, when we say, God, there's nothing I'm holding back. There's nothing that I'm keeping for me. There's nothing that I'm gonna, gonna try and just hold back for myself because it makes me feel more comfortable. What David's saying, when we're all in with God, there we are totally dependent and there's nothing else that we are keeping from what God has for us. See, God has a plan for each and every person that can hear my voice right now. Everyone in this room, everyone watching online, everyone in Philadelphia, God has a plan for your life. But in order for us to realize the fullness of that plan, we have to be dependent on him totally. And what happens is we like to be a little independent. We hold things back and we say, God, you can have this, you can have this, you can have this, and you can have this, but that thing over in that corner, I'm gonna leave it right there. You can have my, my home, you can have my finances, you can have this, but that thing that I do on Friday night, I'm gonna keep it right there. You can have everything that's uh, at my workplace, but you know what? I still am gonna hold on to that my worry of what's gonna happen in the days ahead. You know, I'm still gonna, uh, you can have, uh, I'm gonna come to church, I'm gonna worship you, I'm gonna praise you, I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna come to prayer meeting, but I, 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 I'm not, I'm gonna hold on to that pain that I've been keeping for the past 20 years. And today, my friends, God wants us to be completely dependent on him. That means every part of us, that means every pain, that means every worry, that means every anxious thought, that means every insecurity, that means everything that we do, every part of us. He wants us to say, God, I give it all to you. He wants us to go all in. He wants us to go all in. And when we go all in, we are completely surrendered to his will and his way. Completely, not partly, not mostly, not most of the way, all the way. And this is a tension for us because, you know, as I said, we, we, ha we celebrate individualism in our society. We celebrate when someone does something well, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but in the kingdom of God, God wants all of us and he wants to get all the glory. And so, you know, you don't have to teach a child to try and do things on themse by themselves. When they were younger, my kids, they would say, I try to help them with something, they say, no daddy, I do. Anyone have kids that would say, no daddy, I do, or no mommy, I do? And what happens is we, we try and do things ourselves or, or we have, we're really good at having backup plans. You know, we have, uh, there's, there's a brother in the church in Philadelphia, his name's Mike. Mike and Maria Woolen are, are some uh, wonderful people, key leaders, we love them so much. And I joke with Mike because his, he has a backpack that he brings everywhere and there is everything that you ever need in that backpack. The other day, uh, maybe it was a, a couple months ago, uh, he had the backpack. I said, man, I, I, I nicked my finger. I said, Mike, do you have a Band-Aid? He said, oh yeah. He got, opened up his backpack. It was, whoop, there was like seven different Band-Aids. <laughs> he had a clippers and a knife and all these different things. 
Mike is very, very prepared. And you know what? I'm not harping on Mike for being, for being uh, ultra prepared, but we have the propensity of, being, of having backup plans. That is our nature. That is what, how we are wired. We are, we, are, we are created to have a contingency plan, but with God, God doesn't want us to have contingencies. He doesn't want us to say, God, if you don't work out, I've got this on the side ready to go. God doesn't want us to say, hey, you know what, God, I'm trusting you for most of it, but I've got this tucked away just in case this doesn't work out with you. God wants us to be all in with him. David recognized that in order for him to experience the fullness of the plan that he had for David, that God had for David, it required complete release and trust. There was a woman I was talking to Recently, she was uh, a part of a, in a relationship that she, wasn't, she knew she wasn't supposed to be in. And God was ministering in her life and she was growing and she was growing and she was growing. And there's a lot of different things that, God, that she was experienced the fullness of God in her life. And she, she, I said, so what's going on with, with this relationship? She said, I know I'm not supposed to be in it, but just hard. So, well, what's hard? She said, well, I want to, I want to, I want to hold on to it just in case. And you know what? That happens to a lot of us because what happens is we hold on to things just in case. And see, God is calling us to an amazing thing. He's got amazing plans. The book of Jeremiah says, he knows the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, plans to give you a hope and a future. He's calling us onto an amazing journey. But what happens is we hold on to things just in case. And so we can't go either direction. We get hold on, we hold on and we get tired and we get torn and we get, we get ragged and we can't even hold on to either thing. But God's saying, release this and let go and just follow me completely. Be all in. So what I wanna do is I wanna pray that today would be a day of complete release, complete surrender, new trust, and that God would take us all in. Come on, let's close our eyes. Put your hands on your heart. God, we thank you for what you've done, even in our hearts today. God, we thank you, Lord, how we've celebrated you. We celebrated your goodness. We celebrated your faithfulness. We celebrated your power. And so, God, today I ask that we would surrender our hearts and our lives to you in a new way. God, I pray that each and every person that can hear my voice, God, that we would go all in with you. God, that there would be nothing that we hold back. There would be nothing that we try to hide. There's nothing that we would try to harbor. There's no contingency. There'd be no backup plan. There'd be no just in case. God, I pray for complete trust and total hope in you. And so God, I pray, Lord, that you would use me as your servant. God, I pray, Lord, that today that your words would impact hearts. And so, God, we love you and we praise you. We commit the rest of our time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, it doesn't matter 
what type of situation you're in. It doesn't matter what kind of past you've had. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what's been done to you. The blood of Jesus covers it all. Amen. I didn't have that in my notes. I just felt like I needed to say that. You know, some of you might right now, I might be saying, yeah, Pastor Josh, that's cool. I know God wants me to be all in, but you don't know what I've done. I'm here to tell you, it doesn't matter what you've done. The blood of Jesus covers it. He wants you to be all in. He wants you to be completely dependent on him. And, you know, we, t- we use that word being dependent and we think of someone being dependent and we say, if someone's dependent, then we know that they're gonna do what they say, right? If someone calls you a dependent person, they, they trust that you are gonna do what you say. And so what's interesting is sometimes we don't hold that, we don't give God the chance to be dependent in our lives. You know, God has been faithful to his word. He's been faithful to his promise. He's been faithful to, his, to everything that he says. We just sang it. Worthy you were. Worthy you are, worthy forever you'll be. And yet sometimes we approach every day of our lives, some days of our lives, I should say, with anxiousness and fear and worry and saying, God, I wonder if this is going to happen. I wonder if that promise that you've given me is actually gonna come to pass. And so one of the things as we look at going all in with God, one of the things that we have to embrace is that we are actually anticipating during the waiting season. We actually anticipate while we wait. Going all in with God, you might say, Pastor Josh, it sounds good, but are you anticipating in the waiting season? Do you actually trust that God is going to do what he says that he's going to do? See, God doesn't want the waiting season. God, as I said, God has promises for your lives, each and every person in this room. God has a promise for you, your children, your coworkers. God has a promise for your life. Some of those promises already have already been fulfilled, praise God, but some of them are yet to be fulfilled. So how do you approach those promises? Do you worry? Do you worry about your wayward child? I would. Do you worry about your financial situation? Honestly, I would. But what's been a challenge to me, even as I've been studying this and preparing for this, going all in with God says, you know what, God? Your promise says that you're gonna provide for me. Your promise says that you're gonna take care of my child. So guess what? I'm going to anticipate your fulfillment of your promise. I am excited and joyful about what's gonna happen. I'm expecting for you to do something supernatural. I'm gonna, I, I am so excited for what you're gonna do. In Philadelphia, there's a, another couple, their names are Edwin and Liz Diaz, and they had, uh, at the end of last year, they had the first PT baby, little David Diaz. Oh. You know what, I'm gonna get his picture for next service so that way everyone can, Oh, he's so cute. He's cute, isn't he? 
He's, uh, he's like eight months old now. And so um, Liz for uh, Kids Week of Innovation, KWI, Liz played a, 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 did an amazing job. She was uh, she served as the volunteer hub lead. And so what she, that means is she would get there before all the other volunteers and she would set up a table with some snacks and she would get everything ready so everyone could get their wristbands and get their, their you know, what everything they needed to be able to serve for the night. And so Liz was the volunteer hub lead and little David was the assistant volunteer hub lead. And so, well, you know, she would come in with David on her, on her, on her hip or in the, the carrier. And every night of KWI, I'd go into the volunteer hub. And there was David. He was sitting in a high chair. And all these people around talking and laughing and eating food. And there's David just kicking his feet, just hanging out in his high chair. And so he was such, such a joyful baby. But what I loved is a couple nights I got, hit, I got to watch him see when Liz would take dinner out of the bag. And if everyone has seen a baby when food is, he, that he or she sees food, talk about anticipating while they wait. I saw him, I saw him, his legs started going like this about 100 miles an hour. He was jumping up and down in his high chair. And, then, and it, was, it didn't matter what was going on around him. He knew that food was about ready to happen. There was anticipation, he was excited. Even though it wasn't happening yet, he knew that food was coming. Or even another example, Bailey, who, um, as Pastor mentioned, is a part of the team in Philadelphia, and we're, it's been such, Susie and I are so, so honored to be serving with her. Most Tuesdays and Sundays, she'll come up to, to me or Susie and say, hey, you know what? Today's gonna be a great day. It's gonna be an awesome day. I believe God's gonna move in a mighty way. I believe that God's gonna move in a powerful way. You know what, there is an excitement and a joy while we wait. There's an anticipation, and the, and the thing is, is God takes us through waiting seasons for a reason. He doesn't just have us wait just so that way we can, we can sit on the side and he can watch us. No, he wants us to wait because he wants us to be able to fully receive the blessing that he has for us. I love this quote. It's a quote from Andrew Murray. In a book, from a book called Waiting on God, by the way, if you haven't read it, I highly, highly recommend it. Listen to this quote. It says, he has inconceivably glorious purposes concerning every one of his children. That's you. And you ask, how is it if he waits to be gracious that even after I come and wait upon him, he does not give me the help I seek but waits on longer and longer? God is a wise husbandman who waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it. He cannot gather the fruit till it is ripe. He knows that we are spiritually ready to receive the blessing to our prophet and his glory. Waiting in the sunshine of his love is what will ripen the soul for his blessing. Waiting under the cloud of trial that breaks and showers of blessing is as needful. Be assured that if God waits longer than you could wish, it is only to make the blessing doubly precious. I wanna encourage you, if you are waiting for something, know that you're waiting for a good thing. If you're waiting for a promise from God to be fulfilled, you are waiting for a good thing. 
You're waiting for something wonderful. And God isn't just having you wait just because he, he, he's trying to, to do you know, something, whatever. He's having you wait because he wants your fruit of your life to be fully prepared to receive the fullness of the blessing that he has for you. There's anticipation and excitement and joy in the waiting. And you know, I, I, I wanna say this real quick. If they could send a keyboard player, we're gonna pray in just a moment. Waiting is not a passive posture. We think of waiting, we think of waiting at the bus stop. We think of waiting in line to check out. You know, everyone's looking at their phone and everyone's just kind of waiting for the next thing to happen. No, when you wait on God, it is a proactive posture. Amen. When you wait on God, it is saying, God, I'm gonna wake up today and I can't wait because today could be the day that you do that miracle in my life. I can't wait because today might be the day that you bring my child home. Today might be the day that you bring that miracle in my marriage. Today might be the day that you bring healing to my body. Today might be the day that you restore the relationship with my child. Today might be the day that you do what only you can do. Today might be the day and I anticipate and I glorify your name. Wake up with anticipation. Wake up with anticipation. When we are all in, we anticipate while we wait. So if you're waiting for a job, I want you to ask yourself, what can God teach me in this season? What can I be used for in the kingdom of God? If you're waiting for someone in your life to come to know the Lord, you can say, God, what can I do in their and what can I do for them to show them your love? Anticipate while you wait. The last thing is when we are all in, we carry only what we're supposed to carry. You know, we, as I said, God's called us to great things. God's called us, each and every one of us, on an amazing journey. But sometimes we carry things along this journey that we don't need to carry. You know, when we <clears throat> flew here, we packed up our suitcases, and I looked in our suit my suitcase this morning, I realized, well, I didn't need to bring that, I didn't need to bring that, I didn't need to bring that. And that happens sometimes with life. When we left Chicago, we, we packed up our house, as pastor said, we packed up our, our house, we packed up our clothes, we packed up our furniture, we packed up all, all the boys' toys, and we packed it on a truck, and we sent the truck on its way, and then we packed some of the extra things in our car, and we drove. And I told the boys, I said, hey guys, listen, so we're not gonna have all our stuff for a few days, and so I want you to grab a few toys so that way you can play with some things in the car, and, um, you know, at, at the hotel, we, we, we stopped a couple of nights on the way. And I want you to have some toys so you have something to play with. Okay, okay. So they put some things in the bags and they came to us. And my boys love Legos. Anyone have kids that love Legos? I, I, I'm glad they love Legos. I don't like when I step on them in the morning. But um, 
So I, they said, Dad, we, we want to bring the Legos. I said, are you sure? You're going to play with them? Yes, we're going to play with them. Are you prompt? Yes, okay. So we put the Legos, and of course, they stuffed more Legos that can actually fit in the Lego bin. So the, the, the lid didn't fit all the way on. But we put our suitcases in, and then the Lego bin goes on top. And so we start driving, and the Lego bin is jostling around in the back of our car. And the first night we get into a hotel, I say, hey guys, you wanna bring the Legos? No, dad, we don't want the Legos. Okay. Okay. So I take the Legos out, put it on the ground and get all the suitcases out and put the Legos back in the car. Next day, get the Legos out, put all the suitcases back in, Legos back in. Okay, repeat the next night. Needless to say that those Legos yeah, they were, they were a frustrating situation for Daddy-O. By the end of our, our trip to Philadelphia, <clears throat> those Legos had spilled in the back of our car. The bin almost got thrown off a bridge somewhere in Western Pennsylvania. And I, I about banned Legos from our house. I know that, I mean, that's a, that's a funny story, but we didn't need to carry those Legos on our trip. And sometimes we carry things on our journey that God's called us on that we don't need to carry. Bible tells us in Matthew 11, come to me all who are weary, heavy and laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and I, and you carry what I'm supposed to, you're supposed to carry. God doesn't want us to carry what we don't need to carry. God doesn't want us to carry things. And one of the things that we carry so often, David alludes to this in this passage. It says, I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame. One of the things that we carry oftentimes is shame. Shame would often at times, the, the word shame would often um, capsulate the, the essence and the feeling of defeat. You know, when we feel shameful, it's often because we put our hope in the wrong thing. We often feel defeated because of a mistake that we made or a word that we said or something that we did a while ago or something that was done to us. And my friends, God doesn't want you to carry defeat and shame. He doesn't want to carry you to carry worry or anxiousness. He says, come to me. Come to me, put your trust in me, put your hope in me. Go all in with me. Come to me because I want to give you rest. I want you to carry what I've called you to carry. I don't want you to carry shame or anxiousness or worry. I don't want you to carry the things that I, I haven't called you to carry. And some of us, what we do is we carry things, something, and we hide it in a little corner of our heart, something that happened to us. Maybe when we were a little kid and we say, oh, that's just part of who we are, but we don't give it all to God. We carry things that cause us to worry. We carry things that cause us to feel defeated and broken down. 
And what God is calling us to do today is say, come all in with me. Don't carry that, give it to me. Give it all over to me. Don't worry about what I've called you to. Just trust that what you need will be there when you get there. Real quick, there's a story and then we're gonna close. There's a man by the name of George Mueller. I love George Mueller. I love the, the stories of faith that came from his ministry. He was a Christian ministry, a missionary in England in the 1800s. And through, his, through faith and prayer, he ministered to, I think it was over like 120,000 orphans. And there's a story that goes that one day he, he, was, he was getting ready to close up things for the night and someone that came that was working with him in the orphanage came to him and said, hey, listen, we're, we don't have any food for tomorrow. We don't have enough, we don't have anything to feed these kids that are gonna be hungry, gonna wake up tomorrow and expecting for us to put food in their bellies. But as the story goes, George Mueller, he went to bed, he prayed, he said, you know what? We're gonna trust that God is gonna give us what we need when we get there. And so the next day, the children were standing there waiting for their morning meal when Mueller said, children, you know we must be on time for school. In other words, you know what? We're just gonna keep doing what God's called us to do. Then lifting up his hands, he prayed, dear father, we thank thee for what thou art going to give us to eat. Immediately, there was a knock on the door and the baker stood there and said, Mr. Mueller, I couldn't sleep last night. Somehow I felt you didn't have bread for breakfast and the Lord wanted me to send you some. So I got up at 2 a.m. and baked some fresh bread and have brought it. Mr. Mueller thanked the baker and no sooner had he left when one, then there was a second knock on the door. It was the milkman. He announced that his milk cart had broken down right in front of the orphanage and he would like to give the children his cans of fresh milk so he could empty his wagon and repair it. You see, Mr. Mueller, he didn't carry worry. He said, God, I trust that what we need is gonna be there when we get there. I'm not gonna carry the anxiousness of how you're gonna provide for me. I'm not gonna carry the, the insecurity of not knowing how I'm gonna talk to that coworker. I'm not gonna carry the, 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 the fear of, of having a, a tough conversation with my spouse because we know that we need to handle something that's going on in between us. Today, God is calling us to go all in with him and saying, you know what, just come to me. If you come to me, I'll give you exactly what you need. You don't need to carry that. You come to me and I will give you exactly what you need. So in just a moment, Pastor Tim is gonna come in Philadelphia. But I wanna ask everyone that can hear my voice here in Chicago and online, what burdens have you been carrying that you don't need to carry? What have you been waiting for with anxiousness and fear? Today, God is calling us to go all in and saying, you know what? I trust you for whatever you're gonna give. I trust that your promises are gonna come to pass. I trust that your word is going to be, your, your promises are yes 
and amen. I trust that you are going to give me exactly what I need and I'm gonna go all in. My brothers and sisters, God is calling us to go all in with him today.